Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 32, which is going to be about being the duck, which Martina will explain at some point soon. So how's it going, Martina and Steven? Good, good. I can jump into it now if you want, so everyone knows what we're talking about with being the duck. Works for me. So then in EMS, we had a saying of be the duck. So if you ever see a duck swimming on the water, he looks super calm, but actually underneath his feet are paddling like crazy. And that's kind of like how you need to be in EMS. You need to be calm on the surface so your patient feels calm and comforted, but inside you're freaking out because you have to take care of this person and make sure they stay alive, basically. So I told you guys this week that that's how I feel as a business owner, that everyone thinks I'm the duck basically i'm calm on the outside but inside all the time i'm stressed out and freaked out about owning a business and making it successful well i mean you certainly keep it pretty calm cool and collected on ig when you do your stories other than whenever you know your cnc just doesn't work all the time then you're then you're a little upset that's a true thing too since i had to get parts sent out so it wasn't just user error trevor was actual I didn't mechanical claim this error. one was user error. <laughs> See, once again, hand planes, man, so little moving parts. <laughs> That's the that only it hard, benefit it to assembling this Shapeoko is that when I have to take it back apart, I know how to do it. Uh, that's true. <laughs> so you're like a Shapeoko mechanic now? That's how I feel. I feel like I should be an engineer now after doing it because assembling it... Uh, no joke took probably a good eight hours like it's definitely a process so i've heard it's pretty lengthy yeah and it's funny because they're like oh we've made it so easy for you i'm like nothing is assembled in this thing the only thing that comes done is that the wires are put in like the drag chain and that's it you have to build everything that's how they keep it cheaper than other ones <laughs> i mean let's face it some like assembly required yeah, I've heard horror stories of people spending days trying to put, you know, either Shapeoko or X-Carve or whatever together just because there's a lot of parts. When I put mine together last year, I went to run the homing cycle, and when I did that, the belt for the Z-axis snapped, so I spent eight hours on it and then killed the machine, basically, and had to email Shapeoko and wait for the belt to come back in. So I was like, what a freaking nightmare, like spending that whole day and I didn't even get to play with my toy. Yeah, I'll admit that is a benefit to like investing in more expensive, high quality stuff is that it usually comes fully assembled and you don't have to do anything. 
But the downside is, is it's expensive. The yes. hard part is like they're East Coast, so to wait for stuff to get in yeah. takes time. Like looking back, like if I would have known anything about it, I probably would have bought more belts and stuff like that just in case to have on hand. But I told you that I came in the world where came from the world where CAD stood for computer automated dispatch. I did not know that it what it stood for in like the land of design and stuff like that. I just kept seeing on people's Instagram like CAD by trade. I'm like, there's a lot of dispatchers that make things and I don't <laughs> understand why. <laughs> uh, the things you learn. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small world after all. Okay, now that we know what it's about, what did you guys watch? So I watched um, Bloodline Season 1 on Netflix. Which Bloodline, Bloodline. I don't think I've heard of that one. It has the guy from um, Friday Night Lights. I think he used to be an early edition, like years ago. I don't know if you guys remember. I know who show. you're talking about, but I yeah, I, don't I gotta, know the I, show. I know the face. I just yeah. have no idea what this show's so about. It's him and his family. Um, I kind of didn't wasn't as invested as Amanda was, but um, so they own like an inn and like a charter boat thing, and it's about their family and their family history and how they're a little dysfunctional. As they grow up and in, into some crime, so it's pretty good. Uh, um, I think it has three seasons okay. and then it ended on Netflix, so we have two more to go. Gotcha. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I think you guys would like it. Well, my my viewing choice is also a Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original movie. It's called Frost. It's about a um, hitman that's about to retire, like he's being forced in retirement. Whenever this company he works for whenever you hit the age of 50 you're forced into retirement but whenever you get retirement they also send you like a, a bunch of money like he, he's he's about to make it off rich but he's having a hard time making it till he's 50 everyone's out to kill him so uh it's it's an interesting movie it's got some very similar plot lines as a couple other sort of hitman related movies but the uh, the female character in it's Vanessa Hudgens, and she does not look like Vanessa Hudgens at all because she's got this like really awful. It looks like a homemade like short bobby sort of haircut. Looks like she did it herself. Homemade. Um, and she, but, well, the thing is, like if you look at her hair, it's like the line. None of the lines match up. It's like she just she just took some some uh, some orange scissors from the junk drawer and just kind of lopped off the back of it. You know. It, it didn't look didn't look real great. Not to mention, she also looked really pale and sickly in the movie, and I don't know why. But yeah, it was interesting. But once again, like every Netflix movie I watched recently, it's got a horrible ending. I don't know who's writing the plot and then just taking a dump at the end. It's awful. It's an awful ending. What? What's the face? You're so salty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Write a good ending. Uh... Write a good ending. That's all I'm saying. Just How awesome would it be happy? if Netflix just like messaged him and was like, "Yo, it's dude, so listen up." It's, I have cable, but all I watch is like Netflix, and I feel like you know Netflix. If you want to sponsor the podcast, since we talk about your shows all the time, we'd appreciate it. Net That'd be the dream, wouldn't it? Net That'd be amazing. Fleeks. And I'm not saying it's a bad movie at all. It's just it's got a bad ending, and it has been consistent with a bunch of other like Netflix movies. Fair point. What'd you watch, Trevor? I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
also on Netflix. <laughs> well, it's on Netflix, but it's not a Netflix. Movie. Yes, not I want Netflix, it's on Netflix movie. But it is on so Netflix. it's got a better ending. Then is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's probably like it's a typical. Well, probably not because it's leading into uh, Avengers Part Four, right? Say so it's a typical like superhero movie ending. Yeah, so it, it's a it's kind of a cliffhanger sort of open ended ending. Yeah, I mean, it was overall it was it was a pretty good movie. Like I wouldn't say that it's like the best superhero movie I've ever watched or anything because I think these days we've kind of just resigned ourselves to like they're all on par with each other, but not a lot of them stand out stand out above the rest. But... No, because there's DC that makes mo- superhero movies, and those are not on par with anything. They're in their own crap category themselves. That's a good which is point. which is crazy yeah. because DC comics are so amazing. The shows on CW the, are good. Yeah, no, the, shows the movies with big budgets. Suck. Arrow Wonder and the Woman Flash. Was good, though. The Flash is awful, but I think to me, Flash is in the same category as Spider Man. It's just a little bit. It's cheesy. a nerd with superpowers. Yeah, and it's just, it's just horribly written. But I mean, like there are some movies that are superhero movies that I think are really good, like Black Panther. I thought that one was really good. Excellent movie. And then there's others that they have a lot of hype. And they don't live up to the hype. But this one didn't really have a lot of hype. So I wasn't, you know, really expecting much. So I think that kind of... So to me, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp is like a... It, it is a superhero movie, but it's a superhero movie in a slightly different fashion because I think it's supposed to be funny. Whereas some of them, yeah. like, Black Panther is very serious. Mm-hmm. And Avengers, the most recent Avengers, very serious, like very like heart, well, you know, heartbreaking. I'm not going to drop any spoilers because it's been out so long now. But I mean, everyone that knows about the Avengers ending knows it's pretty heartbreaking. But then you have like others like um, uh, Captain America, Civil War. That was a good one. It was yeah. just an all around good action movie. Doctor Dude. Strange. That was a, that was, was a all around good comic movie. I don't. But it, I like, mean, it was not funny, but it was not super serious either. I don't like him as an actor, really. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, or however you pronounce it, Cumberbatch. Um, but I really liked Doctor Strange. Like it was a lot better than I expected, and I'm glad that I took the time to sit and watch it. But it was good. It we're was all really, really good into those like Marvel movies and Star Wars and stuff like that. Like the chain movies i think as a maker i think we're honestly kind of drawn to it because Mm -hmm. it's not um it's not so much really artsy or really businessy or really serious at times it's kind of a little bit of everything and there's always like a different evolution on it like i did watch one i watched another netflix movie that also ended badly but it was just real weird what i've got to talk about real quick Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh, is Jake it weird? Gyllenhaal. I have it in my list. Oh, it's real it weird, but you need to watch it. It's okay. so good, but it is he's, real weird. He's such a weird actor, though, because like back no, no, from he Donnie play, Darko, he like play, I, no, he like can play he can every do a part. Lot. Yeah, he and can then, play every part. Uh, Nightcrawler too. Yeah, he was Nightcrawler too was good. Yeah, but remember when remember him in Zodiac. Well. Remember him in the Zodiac Killer though. Like he played a very serious part, but it was a very dark movie. Yeah, he's a good actor. October Sky, though, is probably my favorite. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Why? Because it's, it's about like, back from, like, what, they're in the 60s, right? So it's yeah, like your it time right period. Yeah, it's right after Sputnik. It's about kids in a coal mining town, which you I didn't grow up in a coal mining town. 
but you could relate. Like they didn't they didn't really watch TV. They went outside. They played with rockets. Like everything see? was homemade. They yeah, they, and they, they were in they, the sixties, which was like when you were in your prime. Ha 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 ha! You suck, y'all both. Suck. Where, where did we mean? leave off at? The... Uh, we well, we actually had our own conversation about with, without you, Ant Man and movies and stuff like that. So because we you had a cuteness break, so I, I think we just leave in the pod. We, I think we just leave in the podcast and have a cuteness break. Everyone knows okay. we're dead. It's fine. Yeah, cuteness break. Cuteness break. Just like we have my my grumpy salty porn out sessions. Just... We also have to take a break for you to go to your microwave or your fridge. Yeah, that's true. That's give it thirty minutes. He'll have that. The being the duck thing, I think, there's been a little bit of a misunderstanding of what it's like to be a business owner, and people think it's super lucrative and easy and not stressful at all, which blows my mind because there's a lot of work that goes into it and a lot of stresses and stressors that I think that people aren't talking about or not realizing that are involved in it or they're like oh you're so lucky you're full time you get to do whatever you want and that's not the case right and i think that i mean definitely if i had to i guess it's not like i could go back and change my decision because either way i'd probably still have to find another job but i think if i would have been able to be more prepared it would have been a lot more a lot easier like being able to you know, put some savings aside in case we had, you know, times where people wouldn't put, weren't putting in orders, build up my arsenal of tools, even having like something simple as more clamps like would be amazing. You know what I mean? But you have yeah. to work with what you have. And right now, everything I make gets put back into Naughty. And everyone thinks like, oh, it's amazing. You're full time. You must make some enough money to be able to afford to be full time. And it's like, that's all up to interpretation however you want to see it so and then it's yeah. hard because you know like healthcare and stuff like that like now you get punished on your taxes if you don't have health insurance so that's something you have to think about as well very true and then yeah we have yeah. our appointment with our cpa for our taxes coming up and i that keeps me up at night because now i'm like i'm gonna see what it was like for a full year running a small business and, you know, here's all my receipts and here's my finances and is this worth continuing to pursue or do I need to go turn this into a side hustle and find a different career? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have my appointment with the CPA coming up and even I'm like, this is, it's not going to be fun because I've heard a lot of reports of people having surprises on their taxes this year mm-hmm. where they owe well, like five thousand six thousand dollars even though they didn't have any change in their actual paycheck so that kind of scares me i've been well in the... supposedly nobody's gonna get like the amount that they want back on their check well, i mean I've... no one ever gets the amount that they want back but right. it's not it's not supposed to be what you are anticipating it being because whatever stupid tax rules have changed yeah I think that people need to be prepared too as a maker trying to get sales and thinking, you know, this is kind of the time of year where people start ordering. I think this is a big time because everyone's getting their tax return as well as like Christmas time because everyone's trying to put in holiday orders. But I think people need to be prepared to not have that income come in because people aren't getting the returns they're expecting. So they're not going to turn around and give that money to you to buy a custom made item. 
I was in the talks with a client that wanted a dining room table, dining room table, bar stools, a coffee table, and an end table. So that's a huge order for me, and that would be lucrative for me, obviously, like profitable. But then I had to get a message of, hey, we just had our taxes done, and it's not going to happen now. Luckily, like that wasn't like technically in my queue yet, and I hadn't put any other orders on the back burner or anything like that. But I just now we're starting to realize, like, hey, we're going to have to change how we're going to pursue the next couple months financially because we're going to get yeah. a lot of this. I, I have a feeling that's going to be a popular trend over the next month or two. Even when people are like, being full time must be so nice, there's also the ones that are like oh you have a day job to support your hobby that must be so nice so i mean there's there's people that like you said i think it was two episodes ago the grass is always greener mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. where the the full-time people think it's really nice to have the full-time job to quote unquote support the hobby and then the people that have a full-time job think it's so nice to be full-time i think no matter what we all want pieces of the other exactly you yeah. you want the cake and eat it too mm-hmm. concept it's so like i almost i wouldn't mind making full time under somebody i think you know what i mean like yeah. i would i think i would love to have a boss again to tell me what to do and when to do it and when to clock out and when to clock in and hey you're not working hard enough being self-employed it's so easy to get distracted and then you just hate yourself because you're scrambling trying to finish your project in time because you screwed around. So, like, I've tried to, like, map out my time more. That way I can afford to, like, oh, I have to take a day off here to do, you know, yeah. you know, doctor's appointments, whatever, grocery shop, something like that. But then it's easy to take that whole day off when really I should get back into the shop and finish my build and make up that time. And then same That's with, true. like, I can't take sick days like no one's going to come in and sand my furniture that I'm working on or anything like that. So last week, luckily with this client, I told her that it was going to take this range of dates, four to six weeks or whatever. So I'm still in that window, but I didn't plan taking a week off for being sick, but there was no way I could put on a respirator and do anything in the garage. You have to work like to cut down plywood, to sand, to do anything. I was going to need to wear a respirator. I was like, I will pass out. Like I can already not breathe and put on a mask. It's only going to be so much worse. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I mean that's something I had to deal with two-ish years ago whenever I got that respiratory infection from Paduke or Purple Heart one of the two. And I mean, I was out for a week from my day job. And of course, I was out from making too. And everybody's like, "Why? Why are you why are you down and out? It's just a respiratory infection." Well, a lot of my day job involves me wearing a respirator too. And if I can't wear a respirator, there's no point in me even going out to a job site somewhere because I'm providing no value to the job. I'm providing yeah. no value to my boss. So take the PTO and and that's the best value that I could provide at the time. Now the thing that, you know, people have brought up now we were you know, I didn't get a chance to interject a minute ago, was, you know, the people that have full time jobs you know, I wish they could be full-time makers or people that have full-time jobs and also have what I guess would be more considered a hobby like me and Trevor do. Our full-time job supports our household. It's not supporting our hobby. If we have extra, if I have extra money, it goes into the hobby. 
yesterday I thought I was going to be out three or four hundred dollars because my brakes started acting up in my truck. Well, my truck is a is my primary means of of doing anything. Thankfully, it was all warrantied because whoever installed the brakes the last time screwed it up and it had only been six months. So all they did was charge me forty dollars for like a service fee or something, just just basically enough to cover enough to cover their time to initially figure out what was wrong with it. I was totally fine with that because someone screwed up the brakes when they put them on the last time. But, you know, it, imagine if you got that hit, Martina, because you have to have your truck to do, you know, to get any of your supplies because mm-hmm. pretty sure Amanda's not going to let you borrow her car to put plywood in. Her, ca- her car's a uh, company car anyways. Oh, so even better. Definitely, so we're, definitely we're, could not take that. Yeah. And then I, my both my kids drive. They both have licenses, but I can't take their car because then they can't go to school or they can't go to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then if I drive them, then that takes time away from me being able to work. Yeah. So I think that's like what the be the duck kind of thing is to me is that like, you know, the grass isn't always greener. Like you try and stay calm about everything, but like, I want people to understand, like, don't don't take this jump lightly that there are a ton of risks and everything there are definitely a ton of risks but the thing that i i think is the issue is that social media is skewing people's idea of what being a full-time maker is because 95 percent of the full-time makers that have you know 100,000 plus subscribers or YouTube is at 500,000 plus. The social media is basically showing everything that's going right. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people aren't showing their failures on IG as much. There's certain makers that do. Don't get me wrong. And there's certain makers that'll be upfront and honest. But then there's the ones that only ever show you that they're sponsored and they have free product coming in and they got a new deal and all the good things and they're not showing you the five years of crap that led to it it's like they want you to think they went from nothing to instant success and that's not how it is exactly and people need to understand that that's not how it is because there's a whole bunch of people that get into the making because they see all the people getting free tools or whatever they're like oh i can do that too and then they just dive in at first. I'm like, you guys need to... Like, I had... When I bought my first laser, the epilogue, the... When I bought mine, I spent three years doing side jobs, saving up money, doing CAD training, and all that stuff. Put all that money to the side specifically to buy an epilogue laser. And then... Right when I found one on Craigslist and was going to get it, somebody at work saw that I was into lasers and decided like a week later they were going to buy one and turn it into a business and quit their job. It's like, guys, this is not like I, I didn't go from, you know, one day I don't have a laser to the next day I'm going to buy one on a whim. Like it was a three year decision and it was a three year savings. Now, when I did the bigger machine, that was more of a necessity because of the people that were ordering things larger than my current one could make. Right. 
that one was more of a calculated risk but i still didn't take it it's more an evolution of the business yeah it was still a six month decision to when am i going to pull the trigger it wasn't like oh i'm just gonna go do it tomorrow and i had backup plans like you know if i do this i can and i don't i can't make the payment for some reason I can sell this machine off, or I could sell this machine off, or I could do this. So one of the things was, if I'm having trouble making payments, or I get a good enough deal, I'll sell my smaller laser, which I just did. You know, don't take the decisions lightly, and don't think that you can be an instant success overnight just because you see certain profiles jump from 500 followers to 50,000 followers over a month. That's not typical. Most makers are going from, you know, 500 followers to 1,500 followers in a year. Like, it's not an easy thing to grow. And I think it's skewing people's perceptions because certain profiles are getting certain boosts in followers for certain reasons that we've talked about before. Now there are some people that have figured it out and they do like up close videos of really cool stuff and it goes viral and that's awesome. But more often than not, people are blowing up for other reasons, not content related that are actually like woodworking content related. So just be aware that, you know, it's, it can be very discouraging. Like I put 10 hours into editing my last youtube video and i think it has like 50 views i mean it's not easy i don't really like i don't understand some of these giant accounts on instagram anyways that because being full-time i don't have the time to waste sitting on instagram all day long anyways to post at the right time to like figure out the trend of what people want to see or to sit or to care enough about what my IG brand looks like, I guess. So and there, there are a lot of makers, like the really, really big profiles. A lot of them either have an employee now that can mm-hmm. help them, or they're mostly content creation and not client-based business. So IG kind of is their income. Right. Like, I feel like I need to, like, I am full-time on my own, on my own dime. Yeah. I am not sponsored. I have to buy all my products myself. And I feel like that's not understood. Like, so any consumable, like, you have to realize being, even as a side hustler, like, you have to realize when you're pricing and stuff like that, every item counts. Like, to pay the electricity for your shop, to, you know, buy sandpaper, to buy glue, any of that stuff to pay for your time even exactly to pay you know for yourself to be able to afford the time to go to lowe's if you're you know you need to replace a tool even or to go pick up materials like it's that you know you got to worry about all that kind of stuff like it was good thing my family doesn't listen to this um so with my my if you guys follow along with my stories i had to help Mm -hmm. my in-laws move the other day so i had to take off three days of work for that so granted i took that into account when i did my estimated completion date for this project i knew that i was for sure going to lose at least three days with helping them and it was really funny to hear my sister-in-law say oh we're going to be there helping them too but we had to take the day unpaid i said 
so did I. And she didn't understand yeah. that I go unpaid if I'm not like working. Like I am literally a dollar sign now. Like if I am not able to dedicate my time to the shop, like we don't make money. So then people need to understand that as you know, when they try to go more full time or to make more money in this business, like you are you are your own income. There's no passive income as a maker unless you can I mean, if you guys have some strategy, any listener for passive income, send it my way, but it's not so like I do that. Ha- I do have some ideas for that. So there are there are some things that can help you. One of which being selling electronic plans. Right, but you have to take the time to be able to design. Correct. And there's, I don't know how to do that. Can. Yeah, there's that upfront investment in that kind of stuff. But even then, there's you'll have people seeing all of these bigger accounts, 50,000 followers, 60,000, 80,000, whatever. They'll be like, oh, look, it's mail time, and a package will show up. Don't get me wrong. like It is awesome to get a random package show up at your door. It's one of the coolest feelings ever. But know that most companies don't care about you until you hit a certain number of followers. So don't go in thinking, oh, I just started my AG, a company's going to send me stuff. I don't think I got my first thing until I hit like 2,000 followers. And even then, it was because I made something for them. And I just said, look, I'm just looking for exposure. And then they said, well, let's send you something as a thank you. Like, I did not get it absolutely for free. Like, I did something for it. And I've always done something for it until just now, which was the Walrus Oil, where we did the interview. And then uh, I feel like we Starbonded need to put out there that we also traded with Dave. Yeah, we, yeah. So, by well, the way, did. yeah, Dave got beer. <laughs> So we yes. didn't just get like a bunch really, of free swag really like beer. there. So yeah, because <laughs> I think so, that changed you know a couple of people's perspectives on us that you know we're not sellouts. Like it, we didn't know we were going to get it. We didn't do the interview no. just to get free stuff. Like we all appreciated that Dave took like, the time. It was to all edited package. and live, and so. then like two days later, something showed up at my door. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have just been happy to get like some some uh, walrus oil and some lip balm because I yeah. mean I've been wanting that I, lip balm yeah, for a I while. I didn't go into it expecting anything. That's not why we interviewed Dave. Either. So no, I wanted I wanted to we wanted to interview, but specifically me, I guess because I kind of I kind of did the reaching out. I just want inter- to wanted to interview someone that has made a distinct following, and mm-hmm. it's not a and it's not by selling selling out. It's by selling themselves and selling a quality brand. Yeah. And that's what I mean. You know, you'll have these large channels that just turn into a TV commercial, basically. Now, there's some that don't, and they hold true, and they're fantastic. And then there's some that, you know, I started following them three or four years ago, and back then it was good quality content I was learning and then over you could see the progression how they turned into a commercial over the t- over time basically and don't get me wrong I mean if you go full time you need to be able to support your business and if a sponsorship does that that's fine there's just the fine line between giving the real scoop on the sponsor and saying you know I got it completely for free 
I'll give my opinion, but know that I got the stuff for free versus the, this product is great. You should all go out and buy it and never telling like the downsides. Yeah. I think there definitely needs to be some more transparency. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's always going to be some transparency from one maker this week. No, (laughs) no matter what you buy, no matter what you get, there is always something that could be better. It's just the nature of if there, if something couldn't be better, they would never release a new model. Think of it that way. I I think that, like, I just want other makers to understand that, like, if your account's not at 50,000, like, you're not doing something wrong. It's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, you just kind of. I get discouraged all the time by that. It's, you got to decide what you want to be. Like, do you want to be a giant, like, we've, I've said it before. Do you want to be, like, small and approachable or giant and sold out? And, like, true. I don't want to be giant and sold out, so I'm not going to spend the time, you know, posting eight times a day to build my numbers when that's not going to make me much money, especially not now. Like, I'd rather, like, grow as a maker and spend my time learning new techniques and how to build better quality furniture and, you know what I mean, than, like, get free glue. Well, and that's the thing, like, when, if you start to get free stuff, like, I've had companies just recently be like oh well we can send you this and we just like you to post like three videos i'm like i'm not gonna do that because you're gonna send me a five dollar product i'll go buy it for five bucks and then i've had one the only one i've actually gotten like a purely free item where i didn't do anything at all like i didn't make anything for them or whatever is actually Starbond adhesives reached out to me and said hey we love your signs we think our glue could pair well with what you're doing we'd like you to try it out and they said let us send you a box you try it out and just let us know what you think about it and I was like okay like they didn't ask me to post it or do a video on it they just said if you like it and if you want to use it We'd love to be able to, you know, see our product with your signs. Now, I I still haven't tried it yet. Like the box, it just came like last week. So the box is still uh, sitting in my kitchen, actually. But they sent me a few to try, which I plan on doing. But they're right because I use glue on all of my signs except for the acrylic ones. I use, you know, a CA glue or super glue of some sort. And all their products that they sent me are CA glues with they like their spray activator or whatever. This was the first time where a company that actually like made something I could use approached me, which honestly I never thought would happen before I hit 10k, because I've never heard stories of other people getting anything before they hit 10k. And I honestly have no idea what their product's like, but you told me, Martina, that you loved one of the things they made, which is why I even said, you know, I'll try it. Yeah, because I I honestly had no idea. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but yeah, I do like for what I do, like their CA glue. I use the medium, and then with the accelerator, like that works great for me. But I'm that works great for me. It's not going to work great for everyone. You know what I mean? But I'm. And that's the thing, like. I'm I'm going to try to be real about it and be, you know, because I've used four different CA glues at this point. Mm-hmm. Like I've used Gorilla Glue. I've used 
DAP Rapid Fuse I've used. There's one from Type Bond, and I've used Loctite. And there might even be another one. And I mean, there are some that have been good. They work pretty well. I've had, you know, I've had pieces go through the mail and fall off with a couple of them. And I plan to do like a full, I guess, YouTube video on the CA glues I've used and like what I like and don't like about each one. And that one will be part of it, the Starbond one. But it's one of those things where it made sense for me to try the product if they send it because I use it all. I use glue all the time. Mm-hmm. Now it would not make sense for me to let me think of like I'm trying to think of something that would be sent to me maker related that I wouldn't use in either woodworking or like I get you know like those Amazon review ones that are like oh try out this kitchen utensil like why would you do that <laughs> oh yeah you get weird yeah your spoons or I get weird ones all the time <clears throat> but yeah, those are I, based off like Amazon reviews so I just think like thinking about kind of that too like the excitement of you know a sponsor or a brand reaching out to you like make sure it works for you too like just because it's yeah. free doesn't mean you have to accept it which well, you were reluctant to accept point. the glue you know what I mean? Is, but I said that you, I like it. Like you would probably actually benefit from it. You know what I mean? And you do actually do woodwork as well. You just don't do it as often. Yeah. So you will find a use for it eventually. Like it's exciting ben, that someone wants to work with you, but don't do it just because correct. it's free. And I, well, I, I think I asked both of you before it. I was like, look, this company sent me this email or message. And I want your guys' take on it before I agree to do anything whatsoever so it's not like i was gung-ho oh they're gonna send me free stuff yeah sure no like put some thought behind it because some companies will tell you we'll send you this tool but in exchange we want you to post like five times a week or some ridiculous amount and they'll send you like one tool worth 30 bucks and they'll want you know, $500 worth of your time to do so. Like, it's not always worth it right? to do that. Like, I'm, there's my uh, home rights sprayer. I messaged home rights and asked them, hey, like, hey, I have projects coming up uh, that I could use a sprayer for. I've heard great things about yours. I wouldn't mind trying it out if you're willing to send it to me. Also, I need a spray shelter, you know what I mean? But that, like, just asked mm-hmm. them, and then they agreed to it, and that said, yeah. And then my response was, what do you expect out of me in return? Because before they send that item, like, if I'm now locked into home right, yeah. I don't want that. Like, I still need to try Correct. it. And they just said, if you use it like it, tag us. Okay, I can handle that. But, you know, like, I also didn't reach out to them thinking that it was a crappy product like uh, there's makers that i've seen use it and i trust their opinions and i know they're not just sponsored by people so that's why i asked and to touch on that point the you you saw other makers use it that you trust key point that you trust Mm -hmm. i have my little tribe of you know what i mean yeah so there was there's been a huge thing this week (laughs) that steven brought up earlier where squares certain squares have not turned out square for a lot of people now they have not been what it is is they have not been as precision as they're 
as they as they are claiming to be. Correct. Not all squares are precision. Not all yes. squares Carpenter's are square. Carpenter's Speed Square. Those are good for doing rough carpentry work. Um, but yeah. if you're saying you're going to make something precision down to, say, a thousandth of an inch, that would be considered like machinist precision. Yeah. As a woodworker, yes, you do need that at times. In general, you don't always need that. But what you sh- if you're going to say you're going to give us a product that's that precise, mm-hmm. then that is the standard we set all of our other squares to. So if you say that this one is mach- is machinist square, all right, cool. I'm going to stick every other square I use up against it. If they don't make the cut, get rid of them. Yeah. So, I mean, so, and, and use mind. that to be your standard. The thing is, is what this particular person had posted was very obvious that these squares were not as square as they had claimed to be. And they were recommended by... Oh, they've been large members by of the community. Of people. So, and don't get me wrong, I own things from them, and I I need to check mine and see if they're square. But keep I'm not in saying mind, that they're a, I'm not saying that they're a bad product either. They're just I don't believe they're as precision as they're claiming. And they may not be, but keep in mind that some some makers you see on IG or Facebook or YouTube or whatever are tip that you know talk about them a lot are probably getting paid to do so they're you know promoting it all around and then they make entry woodworkers which is what's his problem was that he's saying you know these larger channels are making people trying to get into woodworking think that all of this stuff is the greatest stuff in the world like you need to to spend all the money sandpapers yeah as a basic maker to buy Correct. the stuff. And that was his problem with it. And I agree. I agree with that. If there's a product that you don't like or don't agree with and you don't think people should back, I fully support everybody's own right to feel the way they do about certain tools or products or whatever. And that's fine. Like, there's things people think really highly of that I don't care for. And there's Get things that paper. I like that work well for me that other people, you know, hate. So it's like anything else, you know, there's, <laughs> there's team DeWalt, there's team Makita, there's team Milwaukee, there's team Rich. I mean, there's no matter what you do, somebody likes a different color or prefers a different color or brand or whatever. You just need to be careful if a, somebody does approach you or a company does approach you, be careful of what they're asking for because some will ask you to post about it and not let you try it first which is a no in my book usually the the thing i would stick to is if it's something you will or it makes sense to use so glue or sandpaper or whatever go try it or ask them to send you one to try before you agree to anything so like when starbond adhesive said it i said look like i won't commit to anything like i'd like to try it and see what it's like first before I would agree to doing anything and they said that's fine now every company won't do that mm-hmm. so some will want you to blindly promote their brand not trying stuff out and I wouldn't recommend it but that's what a lot of other people have done or they don't would work enough to actually like 
put the tools or products through their paces to give a real review. Now, I mean, I've used sandpaper and I was like, oh, you know, this one was recommended by a lot of people and I, I bought some, I used it and I used it side by side with my 3M sandpaper and my Diablo sandpaper and like I ranked them all. And right now I basically use 3M sandpaper, but for what I do, the 3M one just happens to work the best at the moment. Granted, I'm not sanding tables or furniture. I'm sanding like painted pieces of signs. So you're my doing, usage is completely different. Yeah. So I'm using like 400 grit sandpaper just to, you know, knock it down a little bit before I repaint it again. So my my view of what sandpaper works for me is not the same as what sandpaper would work for you two. Because I'm sanding something small and you guys are, you know, potentially sanding a table or a bench or a I'm not on that um, bandwagon of a certain sandpaper, though. So for all of you guys that are following big accounts where you think you need to go spend $80 on a square and stuff like that. You don't. Message some makers that don't have accounts over 10,000 and see what they're using and their opinions to be on, to get an honest tool review before you go and spend your money and make your investment. That's your hard-earned money. Make sure that's a good investment and that that tool is going to last for you. Like post a poll, post a st- story, do an ask me anything type thing and get people's honest responses and get a few of them, not just one person. Like I had to replace my I bought new drills recently. I did my research. I asked the like both of you about what to get, and then for my price point, I went and got the best thing that's going to last me a while. And I'm not tagging that company because I like I I've just decided like that's kind of not who I am as a person anyway. So, but like if you want to know what drill I use, you can either probably see it in my stories or ask me, and I'll tell you. But I just yeah. don't feel like I need to be a walking billboard all the time. And I want to be here for, like, producing, like, quality furniture for my clients and not trying to get sponsored. Like, I think that's what I want in the long term. But I just think that everyone's so easy to be influenced by social media and these big accounts because they look, oh, this person's at over 5,000 and they're sponsored and they made it. They're not actually Mm -hmm. making anything. But, like, they just get free stuff. Like, if you actually pay attention to their feed... They never finish product. They never have a never have a finished project, I should say. And their shop That's is clean true. for a reason. And like and they're clean for a reason. Like don't fall in to like the little IG social media cesspool of trying and to I'll, be something else. I'll admit earlier on when I was at like maybe in the five hundred to fifteen hundred range, I I had that dream of Oh, I can make it on IG and get sponsored. And then as I've been in it longer, it's been like two years now, probably that I've taken it like more seriously. I've, I've noticed this shift in my mindset. So when I started, I was all about, you know, Oh, I can, I can make it too. And I can get, you know, free tools and whatnot. So I fell into that trap and I'm not going to try to hide it. And then over time, I noticed that, you know, people liked the signs that I was making. And then I started using IG more for 
promoting my signs and trying to get them out there. And I've made signs for companies and they've sent me tools in exchange for making signs. So I've done that. And I've gotten things that most of the stuff I have tool-wise has been good. Now there's things I've gotten that, you know, later on I was like, man, I really probably shouldn't have made a sign for that company. <laughs> or I reached out to that company thinking, you know, they'd be really cool to work with. Like, I love the product I do use from that company. And then I made them a sign and they're like, yeah, we'll post it. We'll, we'll send you something for as a thank you. And then they don't do either of those things either. Like, I never made it and ex like expecting to get like an item back it was more like a i made it and we agreed that they would post about it and then they just never did so companies are always going to do what's in the company's best interest and like any company you work for in corporate america they care about their bottom line they don't care about <laughs> the people as much right. as they should so keep that in mind oh, with all of this stuff. So true. I also had so to true. make the decision, like with the sprayer thing, like as yeah. owning my own business and putting my, my money into this, like, so the sprayer and the spray shelter, I think total like 200 bucks and I needed it for a specific project and I needed to figure out whether or not I needed to incorporate those, the price of those new additions to my shop into my bid. Or if I can actually profit that 200 bucks because now I don't need to use the tools. So that's what I did. And I think it benefited my, my business overall because now I have those tools and that equipment that I could reuse. And that was 200 bucks I was able to save. So there's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and the, I do like the sprayer. I probably do, I don't use it as often as a lot of people, but I needed it then and it worked for my business and it's helped me out and it is time saving, which is all beneficial. What I found yeah. that, you know, some of the ones I've gotten for free, people that live near me have benefited too. <laughs> like they'll be like, Hey, I don't have this tool. Do you have this? I'm like, yeah, sure. Come over and use it. I'm like, I don't care if you come use it, but it's one of those things. Just, just know that IG is, not telling the full story it's telling the the best of those people's brands typically it's not typically showing the good and the bad if if you're gonna do this full-time or try to make a profit even as a side hustle don't put all your eggs into the basket of instagram Make sure Correct. you're actually skilled. Make sure you're building your clientele. Make sure you're keeping those relationships solid with your clients because those are the ones that are going to pay the bills in the long run. Unless all you want to do yeah. is be a content creator, that's whatever. But like if you want to be like a full-time maker, like that's what's going to help your business grow in the long run. Like, and Yeah, and then this year is the first year where that kind of clicked in my mind where it's I can't just rely on IG because right now the IG is how I get all my referrals or sales or whatever. Yeah. Which is fine if you're using it as a portfolio and everything like that. Yeah. But that's, that's a different way of using it versus these other people where they're like, maybe I'll get free stuff. Yeah. But even then I, this is the first year where I've been like, okay, I'm already videoing all this stuff for Instagram anyway. Why don't I try to make YouTube videos out of the signs I make as like a secondary thing 
And then also, you know, I need to make my own website so I can control that it will always be there as long as the internet is around. Like, I have no control of forever, man. Yeah. I have no idea if Instagram's going to be around forever. I have no idea if YouTube is going to be around forever. But at least I can make sure that my website is under my own control. Mm -hmm. Which is one of my goals this year is to get that fully up and running and be able to do sales through that too. So not only do you need to, you know, respect your clients and do right by them, but you need to have diverse income streams that aren't all relying on the same thing. It may take years to do that. Like YouTube is going to take years. Instagram has taken years and we're still not huge channels. I mean, right. None of us has hit 10k. So which and I'll admit there is the discouraging part of when we started this podcast. We got I think 50 downloads on our first episode. Which I thought was awesome. <laughs> and then two other makers that I actually, I mean, I like them. Don't get me wrong. I like the makers. But as soon as, like, they said, oh, we're going to release a podcast, because they had an audience from somewhere else, their their podcast got so many downloads in the first day that they were trending on, like, the podcast analytics and were, like, on the top ten list. And that's super discouraging when you've been doing this for like a year and then they come out of nowhere from a different pulling their audience from a different place. And then they just drop like 15,000 downloads in the first hour. It can be discouraging when we have never hit over a thousand downloads on a single episode. So it's not we hit all, one that had over a thousand downloads. We haven't had a single one that has had over a thousand. downloads. Oh, well, keep listening though. Don't let that discourage you guys. Listeners. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, like listeners, we're not going to quit. Get more people. Get yeah, more we're not going to quit doing it. We would like it. to get over a thousand. But, but it's the one ones of those have been things. with us for a long time. We very, very much appreciate you. But there will be those discouraging times. So, I mean, keep in mind that it's not all, you know, green grass and rainbows and butterflies. Like, there's it's not all. It's there's all, a it's bunch of junk that you have to calm, go through. Yeah, think water. about the long term of what you want to do if you're side hustling now and you want to go full-time gear your life around that like start building up your clientele start building up your tools start building up your savings account like do things like that there's you know start setting up your finance your you know the way you do your finances properly i have apps on my phone if anybody wants recommendations for how i need to keep track of receipts for your cpa to how to keep track of your mileage like yes, if you're please. Um, yes please <laughs> yes please um and then no, i'm not yes. sponsored so i'll send it to you guys after this um so but that way if you want to do it right do it right you know what i mean yeah. like if you want to gear towards going full-time like there's a you know a lot of stuff that people don't realize you have to take into account like Every time you go to Lowe's for materials for a product project or whatever, like that's mileage you can write out right off as a business owner. Like I had to buy a new laptop for the business. You can write stuff like that off, but you got to gear yourself mentally towards doing things like that. You got to be professional, like, and, you know, take the time to read a little bit on it, do some research and figure everything out. Like, and people aren't posting that on Instagram. And so don't, don't look at that as your business model. There's other things Correct. behind it. There's other stuff under the water that you don't see that you need to learn about. 
it, there's the top of the glacier and then there's the bottom of the glacier. Yeah. <laughs> With that, I think we've probably <laughs> we've been we probably beat this dead horse sure. enough. So if you guys have, if anyone listening has more questions, message us the MVP podcast or any any one of the three of us, and we'll we can tell you about our failures and our successes. So. I'm actually gonna try to start posting more of. Like, if something doesn't go right, I'm going to try to share what happened. I had many meltdowns this week about my stuff not working out right. My Shapeoko died. The face frame for that 12-foot credenza literally oh, fell was... apart. Yeah. so That sucked. Yeah. Well, the that lights sucked. on the tool pig sign, I shot staple through and ruined them. Yep. And then I put a second strip in, and one part of it kinked and ruined the whole strip. And then I had to put a third set in. And apparently the the foam tape that was recommended by a bunch of other people did not work well. So now tool pig is actually trying to put them with some other kind of adhesive to keep them in place better. So, I mean, well, it was a, it was a one-off prototype. I've never tried it before. I didn't know how it would work. And this is the learning points you go through. You figure out what's going to work and, Somebody else is now giving me a different kind of tape to try, so I ordered some. I'm going to try it on the next one and hope it works. Well, here's what you do. Now, the second one, you make the Mrs. Tool Pig <laughs> sign with a little bow on top of the on top of the pig. That would be a cool one. Yeah. Cuz she has her she has her own logo. I saw that. It's not much different, but it is different enough. It's like Mr. Pac- I did or see like that. Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man. Um, think about that too as starting up like do you want to get in the game of shipping and think about stuff like that that could happen because which if you have shipping questions you can ask me yeah because we see how our packages arrive from these mail carriers and everything like that so think about whether or not you want to spend 100 hours in a project and then have it get destroyed upon delivery so correct there's certain ones i absolutely will not ship with under any circumstances so so i think it's time to, call to wrap one. it up it is right at an hour so let's wrap it up all right you guys have a good time at workbench con oh this is uh, after the workbench yeah. con hope you had a good good trip at workbench con yeah we'll try to do some stories and we'll do we'll do a, we'll do a we'll do a, a post workbench con wrap up the real the real wrap the up. Real, there you go the real, i look forward to hearing all that salt don't worry the real talk workbench con. there you go that will be the next so much so after this episode con. it'll be, it's gonna be great. the workbench salt episode there you go <laughs> all right salt <laughs> your workbench all right see you next time Peace. thank you for listening to today's show as a continued listener we greatly appreciate your feedback your input and just downloading the episode every week if you're a new listener Thank you for hopping on, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we also hope that you continue to join along with us every week as we'll put out new podcasts covering all sorts of Maker topics. Also, be sure to check out MakerVisionPodcast.com, where we'll post valuable resources, tips, tricks, and Maker swag, including stickers, because, you know, makers love stickers. And we'll do this to help your Maker Vision become a Maker Reality. If you have any questions, suggestions, or any general input about this particular episode or previous episodes, you can reach out to our podcast email at makervisionpodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach us on our Instagram, and that's makervisionpodcast. 
Even better, you can reach out to us directly through my personal Instagram, that is Old South Woodcraft, Trevor's personal Instagram, Maker Experiment, and the personal Instagram of our newest co-host, Martina, at Naughty by Nature Designs. She also runs the Maker Vision Podcast Instagram account, so if you have questions, you can reach out to her either way, and she'll be happy to help. Also, if you really enjoyed today's episode, or even if you didn't enjoy, enjoy today's episode, let us know. Give us a review. Hopefully it's a five-star review to show us that, hey, we've been doing good, but if you didn't, tell us what you didn't like about it, because we're happy to hear from you either way. And once again, thank you for being a listener, and we hope to see you next week. 